like it was my first day of waking up out of the stupor because what happened for me is attachments begin to break away. I was actually standing in my own power, and that's that place that I call freedom of the soul. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day, and some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. I'm so excited to introduce to you my friend, Diana Clark. She's a spiritual counselor and a master Lennerman card reader. Welcome, Diana. Thank you, Lori. It's so good to have you, and I have to set this up because Diana and I have met throughout the years, but mostly I know her from working at the radio station and seeing her every day, and part of her story is that she's not here anymore, and it's been a huge void in my life to come to work every day and not see your face, but I'm so glad that we stayed connected. For sure. We always start with where are you now and what do you love about your life now? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I am living my dream, really. I'm basically retired from work, and I'm only doing the things that I love to do. So, of course, one of those is I do read Lennermann cards. I love the work that I'm doing, and I actually, I almost wouldn't even call it work because it's really my path and purpose and ultimately how I can help other people. I'm watching your Facebook page, and you are around a lot of animals. Yes, I am living on a five-acre farm, and this is a big part of how I saw my life being as I got older. And I'm 64 right now. I love animals. I'm surrounded by every farm animal that you can think of. I work with horses, and I have my whole life. And I happen to be living right next door to the place where I ride at, so I really live in my complete dream in my home life and in my work life. And, of course, to me, ultimately, living my life the finest way that I can, my big dream, is that it is about my divine connection with Source or God. And that's ultimately a real path and purpose is leading us back to Source, back to that from which we came from. And when that connection is made, that's where your healing place takes over. That's where your entire life completely changes. We are powerful manifestors. And when we're walking that road through our healing with God, with Source, then we are really living our best life. That governs everything that you're doing. So whether you're looking at relationship, your work environment, your home environment, everything is governed by doing the work on the self so that we are healing the wounded parts of ourselves and we're really living our best lives. Because I do believe that people came here to walk in that joy. A lot of that is really about that place of self-love, where we're losing attachments to things outside the self. We're really walking in freedom of the soul. That really is about connecting with inner peace. And that joy, I always say, is inside of you. So that's the ultimate spot to be in. When COVID hit where we worked, there was a huge layoff, and I was so sad for so many people. And when I heard you were one of them, I was not sad because I had been watching your journey. Can you take us back to before and how you got to where you are now? Well, that's actually a really good spot to pick up is when COVID happened. And the reason that I went through that 
just so smoothly as I did is that I was ready to move forward in life, and I did not have an attachment to my job. There were many things that I didn't do because I had already done deep work. So if I take it back further than that, back to my childhood, when I'm talking about this journey, it sounds so good when I'm talking about where I'm at right now, but where I came from was a very violent childhood. That was really from my father, uh, not my mother, but my mother was not really capable of showing love. That part of my childhood was a very difficult time. And I always look back on that and I go, well, that is what happened. And, of course, I've done so much work on myself that even with all of that, there's so much forgiveness that I have moved into concerning my parents. And I did lose my oldest sister when I was 14 and she was 16. We were in a car accident. And so there's many, many things in your journey in life that really are not pleasant. I always feel so blessed when I'm doing readings for people because you're spending an hour with this person sharing this journey, and everybody has one. And there are some pretty awful things that have happened in people's lives. And what they do with what happened to them, I'm just blown away at the resilience of humans because I always think you get to a point where you're either going to get bitter or better. I, of course, chose better along the road. A lot of people do that. I think we have a really amazing time period here on the planet where so many people are awakening. They realize, you know, I'm here for a greater purpose than just existing. I'm here for something greater than just my job title or the house or the money, which is great whenever you want all these things. There's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, it really does come down to the work we do on the self, our own inner healing, our connectedness with source, and really moving away from the place of suffering. Because in the realm of suffering, it's where you're going to experience fear, lack, the depression and anxiety and panic and drama, and the list goes on and on. But it's not naturally who we are. So when we move to that point where we want to do more, that we are looking at that place of, what is the purpose of all of this anyway? And when we get to that place, I always think that's a great place to be because that's whenever we start to open up to the grandness of what we are. People are just full of lots of love and lots of peace. It's really what people are. And we're always hearing how terrible people are and how much people dislike other people. And really, that's not the truth. That really is just a part of, if you're looking at the outside world, that's the part that's pronounced. So I actually don't even watch news. But I know all the big things happening on the planet. I just am not giving energy to it because that's mostly the space of the wounded. So there's a lot of things that happen that's the unhealed part of humans. So it's kind of like the mass consciousness is playing out in that field. But I'm more interested in the inward journey and how spectacular we are and what we came here to do as humans on the planet. We are responsible for ourselves, our surroundings, and if you take care of that, which begins with taking care of what's in you, then the rest of it begins to fall into place. We like feeling happy. We all want the same thing. We all want to feel love. 
which is inside of you. We all want to feel joy, our peaceful, definitely freedom of the soul. Every human wants those four elements. And so that is a place that I grew to from what I came out of. And it was a lifelong journey. But now, where I'm at right now, oh, I just am like so thankful. Thank God I, I was curious that I was asking questions. I wanted to heal. I wanted to be more of who I really am. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was purpose. Did you always know what you were meant for? I didn't know what my purpose was, and it did shift. In the beginning, I wasn't even thinking in terms of my purpose because I was wounded. And so really through my 20s and into my 30s, it really wasn't until I got into my 40s that I really thought that thought. What's my purpose here? What is this really all about? And that's where I began to look for things outside of me. And actually, one of the first things I did is I put in the computer free meditation. What popped up was something that was on a Wednesday night. It was an hour and a half. At the time, I was still working at the station, and my daughter was very young. So I thought, well, we'll go over and check it out. I've always wanted to learn how to meditate. It ends up being the Kadapa Buddhist. Now, I'm not a Buddhist. But, oh, boy, learning that form of meditation was fantastic. I still use it today. Then they had a monk in training, and he began to talk about human troubles and humans' problems and the suffering of humans, mankind. That really sparked my interest because what he began to talk about was human attachment. Now, at first I thought he meant detachment. But he didn't. He just meant our attachments to everything outside the self we think we have to have to be happy. Most of that's fear-based, like fear of being alone. A lot of relationships is based on fear of being alone, and there's different lacks that go along with these fears. But that's where my big inward journey began, and I had always had this big interest in Native American spiritual walk. And that's really where my road took me next, with doing some drumming-type ceremony. And now, I don't smoke, so I just did the ceremonial part. <laughs> I wasn't seeking. I was gathering information. Now, along with that, I want to go back to the card readings that I do. I read the Lenormand cards, which is something that came down through my mother's side of the family. My grandmother and my mom and my aunts were all readers. So I actually began reading cards when I was 14. So it's been 50 years now. It was interesting in the beginning. It was really fun practice on friends. But then as my own journey deepened, Doing readings took on something entirely different. I always tell my clients, so fun to look at what's unfolding in the future, but it's even more exciting when we look at people's growth, their own journey. And that's why my readings took on a major purpose that I had awakened enough over the years. It elevated my readings because there's great purpose in it, not just about looking into the future, but really getting in so deep that when we hang up that phone, I'm hoping that that was very beneficial for that person. There was my card readings and my own journey that were running parallel that ultimately got me to where I'm at today. When we do deep work on ourselves and we heal a lot of our woundedness, we automatically want to help others. And that's one of the things, even you, with many of our conversations, we've, you were sharing so many of your amazing journeys and that was the one thing that I think was a big connection for you and I was that we both had these different things we were doing, but ultimately it was how we could help other people. You talk about 
suffering. And you touched on it a little bit, but that was a language that I had never really thought of. And it opened my eyes to so many things that I was choosing that were making my life difficult. Can you talk a little more about suffering? You know, it's so funny, too, because I've had a lot of people that have asked that question about suffering because what I really came to see in life was that people suffered a lot before they began their own journeys later in life, that they had suffered a lot. There was a lot of pain in them. A lot of it is from people's childhood. Oftentimes parents or another person treated them poorly. That's where a lot of it comes from. And then a lot of it is through relationships that are what I always call third-dimensional relationships because we're not awakened yet. So oftentimes, you know, we meet that person in your 20s or 30s. You get married, have your kids. And then you realize you're with a stranger. And what you do come to see is how much you're suffering because it's like you went from step one to step 20. (laughs) It would be great if we did all of this work in the beginning. We usually don't reach that point until we get older. But if we had this information like where I'm at today and I had that information when I was really young, how it would have been a really different life. But... I do not believe that there are any mistakes. Everything we're doing in the beginning of our lives is how we're learning. Your parents can tell you, oh, don't do this or don't do that. Well, you're probably not going to listen. You're probably going to go out and do exactly that thing because nobody can really tell you these things. You have to learn them firsthand. And when we do that road, that's why I don't think you're ever making a mistake. And sometimes we have to get knocked out a little bit harder and maybe a little bit harder after that if we're not learning the lesson. You'll often see how we repeat things in life. We're very repetitive, the same kind of relationships or the same situations until we get to a point where we go, uh, this isn't working. So what's the common denominator here? It's me. When you get triggered by something or somebody, it upsets you, and you're going to blame the other person. That person said and did whatever. But really the issue is you. Why are you triggered? And that's the place you really want to go to. And I often say in my mind, oh, thank you that that person did that because what is this in me? And I need to identify, am I angry, frustrated? What am I feeling? But I don't want to those things anymore. I want to take the time. Usually what I'll do is something happens, which I don't have a lot of them because I don't live in the suffering space anymore, but occasionally something happens. I feel triggered. And when I go to bed at night, I feel off because I'm not used to functioning like that. And I have a good look at what am I feeling. So one of my common ones is frustration. And so I let myself feel it. Like, why was I that frustrated? It's like, Diana, what's really under that? And I get to think about it. It's like sitting there and contemplating. And then I kind of move contemplation into more of a place where I'm releasing it. And I always call it releasing it and sending it back to source to God so that it can be healed. I don't want to hold on to it in my body. And when I release it, I'm allowing the healing to take place in the cell. So when I wake up in the morning, most of the time I'm going to feel pretty good. Now, there's some situations where I might need an extra day or two, but that's okay. I just want to make sure that I'm always paying attention to me and not blaming another person for why that's happening to me. 
I had applied for a certain position. I didn't get it. The person that did get it was somebody that I loved and cared about, and I didn't want to be mad and hurt. But when I first found out, I was so upset, and I remember running into the <laughs> where you were and saying, I'm feeling really angry and I want to be happy for this person, and I'm just not sure what to do. And that was when I really started to recognize, because you had talked about suffering, do I want to suffer and be mad? And that is something that I feel I learned from you. Yeah, and I remember actually when that happened, because I think what you felt was very natural, very normal, and that you took the time to look at it. You were saying, I don't like how this feels. I am happy for that person, but I want that. And that's that part of divine timing place. I believe we're powerful manifestors. We can really have pretty much anything we want. We're that powerful. There's a place of divine timing in which when it's our timing, then divinely speaking, it is in our greatest, highest good as well as in the highest good of those concerned. And I'm sure that would have been something that I probably said to you at that time <laughs> because I, I also know that ultimately all those things you wanted then, you've pretty much walked that path. You've had those opportunities. And so once we get these things that we want so badly, they don't seem to be as big and overwhelming because you do realize that the timing of it, it, re it really came to you in that perfect divine timing. It was the same thing you brought up whenever COVID hit and there were a group of us that were all let go. I just myself, I was going, oh, what divine timing, what perfect timing. This is going to flow right into the way I wanted to exit. I didn't want to walk in there and quit. I'd been there 24 years. It was a long time. But I knew it was my time to go, and I was ready to go. And it was that divine timing place that I have really come to see that's where it sits at because otherwise we want it yesterday because we were ready yesterday. And then when it actually comes to us, then we go, oh, thank God that didn't happen until now because I really wasn't ready. <laughs> when you come to those spaces of growth in your life, it really is peaceful. That's that part of as we go through our journey in life that ultimately inner peace is so very important. And one of the things in my life right now that I love is I'm living my dream. Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book, to create a podcast? Check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie, that's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E, dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. And one of the things in my life right now that I love is I'm living my dream. And this is a real simpleton dream. This isn't about the glory of living in a mansion and traveling the world. I've traveled a lot in my life. I've done a lot of things. But my most simple pleasure is I go out back every day and I sit in a chair and I just stare off into the valley. <laughs> and the horses are back there and it's just nothing but peace. And I sit there in the, this zen state for whatever, 10 minutes, half hour. And it's just something I do every day. And that's like the highlight of my day. Because that feels good to my soul. It's like kind of refueling. Because I think we are designed for a lot of peace. And the way that things are out there in the world where it can be so highly stressful. And that actually, I believe that COVID was one of the first of many things that was here for us. I give blessings to anyone that lost their life during that time period. 
but I also believe that's your soul's journey when those things happen. But the rest of us, there's that part of being shaken to awaken. So I saw a lot of purpose in COVID because really I think it was getting away from doing the things we were doing. We don't all need to be on the road, sitting in traffic for hours, going to an office for hours under high stress, and then jumping back in your car and being highly stressed. We have all the technology where we can be at home. We can work remotely. We don't need that kind of stress. And I know so many people that are working remotely and how happy they are with it. Everything that happens on the planet, I believe they're all for us, and it's for the growth of mankind. I think another big thing was when everything kind of stopped on the planet and you saw the ozone hole was getting smaller. That big cloud of brown pollution over China was getting smaller. You know, animals were appearing where they hadn't been seen in many, many years. And so you can see how quick the planet was able to recover if she just had a break. Talk to us about manifestation. Boy, that's a good one. I believe we are powerful manifestors. I always look at it like a triangle. So if I'm thinking about something I want, that's my thought. Now, when I'm thinking about something I want, your heart automatically feels excited about it because it's something you desire. It is the third corner that matters greatly. The third corner is either allowing or resisting. It comes down to whether you are stressing, worrying, that's resisting it, and not really allowing it to happen. I mean, a fear in that moment. What if it doesn't happen? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? When we're manifesting, we are allowing, I release it back to source, back to God, and I live in the energy as if it already happened. Or when I did my manifestation actually around work, also when I was doing my move in my home, I released it. I was just living as if it had already happened. I was walking in joy. I didn't need it to happen in order to be joy-filled because I believed that it would happen. The thing with the job when that ended, that was one of the things I had written. I keep the composition book in my nightstand drawer. And in there, I've only written it in very few times, but it's all the things I'm manifesting. And so I had already written in my work situation. I'm ready to leave my job because I financially can, which meant I did not want to draw retirement. I did not want to touch my 401K. But I was ready for the change, which all happened beautifully. Now, around my home environment, I had lived in my condo for 18 years. That's a long time. <laughs> and I knew I wanted to live out in the country. I actually didn't even lift a finger. I love telling this story because it's very powerful in how it happened. I had written in my book exactly what it was I wanted. When it happened, I'm writing next door talking to the owner about what it is I want as far as living out in the country. And she says, well, you know, the lady next door, she purchased that property and it has two houses on it. So I stopped at the end of the arena and I looked over and, wow, there sits the house exactly like I had written in my composition book. Exactly. Not sort of, kind of. I'm living here now over two years, and I'm going to tell you what I wrote in my book. I want to live on or next door to a performance horse facility which is what I do. I live right next door in a three-bedroom rambler on acreage surrounded by animals. And I even wrote down the amount I would pay in rent. All of it happened, handed to me. Didn't even lift a finger, but I knew exactly what I wanted, and that's what I had written in my book. It's a great story 
about manifestation and how I stayed out of the way. I knew what I wanted, and I was already walking in joy, and I would have people go, well, aren't you looking anywhere? And I go, no, not really. I know what I want. Didn't know how it was going to happen. Didn't know when it was going to happen, and I really didn't care. And there you go. It was just delivered to me. It's a great story about how powerful we are when we get out of our own way. This has been such great wisdom, Diana. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to share? I think the main thing is all of us, every person is here, and your purpose is to awaken. And I just can't express that enough, the importance of how it will change your whole life, because we really get to be the choosers of do we want to live in the suffering realm or do we want to be in the other ballpark? 100% that the other ballpark, the divine walk, is it. And it changes your entire life because you will change. Nothing changes out there until you make the changes inside. It affects every, every aspect of your life. Get very curious about what is your purpose here? And what is it that you really want to do? And what kind of person do you really want to be? We don't need to be criticizing and judging other people. We're all on this journey. We might all be in different phases of it. But ultimately, we're all on this journey together. I'm hearing that as a theme in so many of these interviews of people saying when they really got in touch with their core, their spirituality, their identity, is when their life drastically changed. It's really that simple. And without it, nothing else is sustaining. It becomes a bit of a facade, like you're never really living the real you. You're never really in that place of love thyself. That really is the important uh, step. That's the big one where we get in touch with the love of ourselves. And we're doing this in connection with source, with our connection with God. And when I use the term God, I am not talking about religiously to be feared. I'm talking about spiritual God of love and peace. And we were in touch with that. And I used to do breathing into my heart center. And the way I envisioned it was, this golden white light with glitter in it. And I put my hand over my heart and I do these deep breaths through my nose, out through my mouth, three or four of them. And I just practiced that quite a bit, actually, because I thought it felt good. But what ended up happening is I woke up one day. It was like I had actually, like it was my first day of waking up out of the stupor. Because what happened for me is attachments begin to break away. I was actually standing in my own power. And that's that place that I call that space of freedom of the soul. When we're in that space, every human wants it. We construct our lives in a certain way. It's all about safety and security. And I get that. I mean, we all like safety and security. But I was really ready to be healed deeper. I woke up one day, I actually felt like I was as if I'd fallen in love with someone and that person was me. And then as the attachments dropped away, and I did carry attachment in a relationship. I mean, it was fear of being alone. I didn't practice the lack of money. I always had my own money, but I still practice the attachment. That's the first one I looked at, and it's the one that kind of dropped away, and I was so free. The freedom of the soul, when I was in that space, it really was about everything I'm going to be doing is going to be about my inner peace. I'm just not interested in suffering. And then, of course, I really came to see when you're really functioning in that realm, you really are in the place of great joy. And, again, that's inside of you. So we've all heard that love thyself 
and know thyself, and that's really it. The first thing I think about when your name comes up, (laughs) gratitude. So talk to us a little bit about gratitude. That's going to be how we're living. I was driving into work, stopped at a stoplight, and I realized I had been thinking about an old breakup. And I mean, that was like for many years before that. I was all worked up, and I laughed at myself, and I thought, well, that was a crazy thought. I'd let my thought form take, you know, take control. So I thought, I'm going to be in the present moment as I drive into work. And so I started looking at the Cascade Mountains, and I actually said out loud in the car, good morning, beautiful Cascades, and I looked to the right, and I said, good morning, beautiful Olympic Mountains. Oh, Seattle, you are so beautiful. And I said, thank you, God, that I live and work here. So I got to work. I was oftentimes asked, you know, why are you always kind of in the same mood? And I said, I arrive at work in gratitude. The one coworker I was talking to, we walked to where there's the beautiful places of the view from our building there. And I, and I said, what do you see? And he said, oh, wow, the mountains look amazing. And just in that moment, a bald eagle swoops by the window. And he went, oh, and I go, gratitude. He was on the air. So he went and did his shift. And I thought, oh, he's going to have the best shift that he ever did in his life because he's got a beautiful view and he's now going to be in gratitude. Because I said, oh, we're working in radio. I mean, a great industry. It's fun. That whole thing about gratitude, that's it. Be so grateful for what you have. And if you've done any traveling and you've gone to other countries, you will see what we have here is awesome. And Americans can be a little bit spoiled. We're used to all these things. I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday, and I was telling her, having traveled to third world countries, where they're happy to have our plastic bottles to squash their feet into and tie a a string around it and make it into a shoe. And I said, no, we have awesome things here. We just look at it and we take it for granted. Be very, very grateful that you are born here because you do have every opportunity available to you. And when I was in Cambodia, my daughter was over there and she was uh, teaching some English. And these kids had to walk miles to get to this little shack of a building just to learn English was going to make and break your life. And there was a boy there. There was a test he wanted to take because he wanted to go on to some more education, and he failed it. And what that meant for him, he only got one shot at that. But now he was going to be a tuk-tuk driver the rest of his life. That was it. Done deal. And when I heard that story, it was after I returned to the United States and I had uh, reached out to my daughter's professor, and I just said, hey, do you know who that boy was? Because... This is like it was falling through the cracks, and this boy is so intelligent. Isn't there another way, some other way that he can have an opportunity? There wasn't. They didn't even have track of the boy's name. And that story always really affected me because I went, this young, brilliant young man, and that's his life. It's It's a done deal. Thank you so much, Diana. Can you tell us how we can find you? I have my social media. So most of my um, social media is under the Gaelic Lenormon. So I have a Facebook page. I also have Instagram under the Gaelic Lenormon. You can always email me at dsclark4249 at gmail.com. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Coach Lori here. I am not 
anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stop making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully, inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash, click the affiliate link. Three things we learned from Diana. One, let go of attachment. Two, you can manifest whatever it is you want. We can also choose to not suffer. Oh, and number four, be in gratitude. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.